Hi, you're listening to Andrew Farris on NXS Access All Areas with Hayden and B. Check it out. My name is Bee and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Nexus nerd Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in Excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums and oh so much more. Alright, welcome to Nexus Access Areas, part 22 or episode 22 B. This is starting to get a life of its own, isn't it? Very much and 22 is a very special number for us in Excess people. Okay. Michael was born on the 22nd, he yeah. passed away on the 22nd, yeah. unfortunately, and Tiger was born on the 22nd. There you go. There you go. Isn't there a, uh, a bingo version of 22? Isn't there a reference? Two little ducks. Yes. And sometimes it can be added on in a blue version of that, but we'll leave that alone. This is In Excess Access Hilarious, the podcast aiming to dive deep into all things great about the band In Excess, educate some new fans, acknowledge more experienced fans, and hopefully pave the way with uh, their entry into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We've had a really, really sort of exciting week, so I'm going to sort of put it back to, uh, I guess, both of us. How has our In Excess week been, B? I will grant you the chance to to respond, and then I might actually answer my own question. Uh, how's your In Excess week been? <laughs> Bigger and better. Bigger yeah. and better. Yeah, it just gets more exciting. There's just so much happening. I mean, we've had um, people secretly um, giving us money, which has been rather nice. We yeah. won't say any more than that. Um, we've been getting a few more patrons. Um, what else is happening? Oh, we've got an interview lined up for next week, which I'm mega excited about. Yeah. So that's cool. But, um, yeah, it, and I'm really looking forward to um, talking about this week's topic that yep. you uh, pulled out the bag for me. Yep, absolutely. Well, look, I, I guess just to sort of what we try and do to start off an episode is have a bit of a recap from last week. We um, mm. we were uh, as self-indulgent as we could have been and ever were. We were avatars. We were talking all about ourselves last week. <laughs> um, however, the, um, the vessel of our discussion was in excess still and just about yeah. how uh, they had impacted us with their, uh, our top six memorable moments. Um, we had B's list. We had my list. I think we've had some, some great feedback from fans who seem to sort of enjoy some of that discussion and uh, people sort of, I guess, engage in their moments and things. Um, what sort of stood out for you from some fan engagement point of view, B? A lot. We had a lot come back. In fact, I had someone, um, I had a party last night, actually, and um, <laughs> a couple of my friends have been listening. And um, they said, when I listened to Hayden, and you talking about going to the funeral, a lot of, you, you made a lot of people quite emotional with that. It, they weren't expecting it. They, they, yeah, well, no, it, it, it's good. And they, they go, they didn't realize you were such an uber fan to have gone to the funeral to begin with either. But, um, you know, the likes of um, Carmen, you stopped her in the tracks of doing her sewing, bless her. She had to oh. get herself together. But we had lovely, um, lovely messages from um, Jim. Um, he says, um, that, that episode is um, why uh, um, I just love you guys. It was very heartfelt and um, it was probably my top episode of all time. So thank you very much. And then Anne-Marie, only today, that episode was amazing, very special and personal. You guys are the best. I am eternally grateful for the both of you and everyone involved in this podcast Become is now becoming a reality. Aww. That's well, really look, nice. you know, I, I was probably the most nervous going into that podcast because mm. it was sort of probably, probably well, so involving ourselves sort of front and centre in the NXS conversation. And I've always sort of tried to sort of have this podcast be about the band. And mm. look, hopefully it still was about the band, but um, I, I guess maybe it did help um, our listener audience just understand why we do what we do. And maybe that's what mm. I sense from the feedback that we are passionate about this and, and passion comes from history and it comes from shared experiences, you know, with, with the band, albeit not necessarily one-on-one, -on -one, but just the shared experience of listening to albums, mm. going to concerts and reading articles and really jumping on, I guess, the, the journey of their career at the time and, and a journey we're sort of still on. So look, thank you very much for the kind words yeah, and the feedback. You um, 
you know, again, we get a lot out of hearing about your experiences too. And if something that we went through uh, connected with you, that, that makes us feel great. Uh, I know uh, that being the case, you know, we have patrons that you mentioned earlier, like Carmen's our very first sort of uh, uh, financial contributor and probably a very first fan engager as well. But yes. um, we always want to welcome them weekly because what they do in terms of, you know, uh, you know, financial contribution and participation motivates us to keep doing what we do. Like we need motivation too. It obviously comes from within, but motivation also can be external. So B, do you want to just quickly read out our patrons? And just before you do, I would like to acknowledge uh, Dr. Jim, who uh, effectively has become a platinum member during the week, but he's a five-time platinum. He's almost, you know, we could almost call him like in excess as great as he had six times platinum. Jim's yes. prepaid five times $30 a month, 150 <laughs> up front. Oh, um, and I know Foxy did something similar as well, which yes, was awesome at the get-go. Um, yeah. But, you know, things like that just allow us to invest in technologies mm-hmm. and podcast materials and merchandise that, that B will talk about. I also want to thank a couple of people who want to actually be silent uh, contributors. Uh, they know who they are. Their contributions are, are very well appreciated. Uh, and the dignity in becoming a silent contributor is almost um, extra grateful in the sense that they're not they're here for accolades. Not that the ones who do it publicly are. But um, behind the scenes, you know, we just want to say thank you very much to those uh, who know who they are. Um, <laughs> and it's ticking a little kitty along to um, reinvest into to this podcast for what I've said, B, is another 3,970 oh, episodes. We've got to in excess play 4,000 concerts. We have to do 4,000 <laughs> podcasts, okay? Yeah, no worries. We can do it. Okay. Um, I'm going to read the list out, but yep. um, I have got all the merch ready and the packages ready. They are going to be going to everybody. We've got a bit of a, a long weekend here coming up. So after the long weekend, I'll be putting these in the post box, but I haven't got everyone's addresses. So we've sent emails out to you all. So if you can just check your emails and then send back your mailing addresses. So the list goes, I'm going to do this quickly, not bore everybody else, but we just make make these these fans are just so important to us pedro lisa urban foxy felicia sarah laurie carmen Sudi, matty d joe mandy Amory, daniela lisa calloway lisa mcintosh kathy carrie ann jim and susan purvis thank you all so very much excellent excellent Okay, a couple of little things. Uh, at the end of last week's episode, we had Nick Cave into oh, My Arms. What a haunting beautiful. song. What an unbelievable lyric. Uh, I know a lot of people love that. I think that connected with a couple of uh, people on fan engagement. Those who don't know that song, that you go and listen to it because it is such a haunting uh, song that Nick uh, wrote. Also, too, just a couple of things. We know a couple of people have mentioned they've had some Podbean issues. Um, mm. I actually joined that ship a little bit. Sometimes when I do pause a podcast and try to go back to it later, I cop some buffering or it doesn't seem to play straight away. You know, we are on Spotify and we are on so many different platforms, B. Um, are there a couple of sort of plan Bs for people? Uh, did, you yeah. B, did you plan see plan B? What, did you yeah. see what plan I do B. last night? <laughs> I've always got a plan B. Yeah. So, um, well, plan A is we we always put everything out onto Podbean and from Podbean, it all goes out to the different ones. Yeah. Um, but I always put a link onto our Facebook for the Podbean, so that's where everyone goes. So, I'm now going to put a link so everyone can listen to us on um, Spotify now. Also, what I'm going to do, because a lot of people have said they want to become patrons, but they don't know how to, um, I'm going to set up a PayPal account link as well, and I'll try and get that put onto the Facebook page. So um, keep, keep your eye out for that. I'll be putting that up in the week for everybody. So that should help, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, what's the time for? Hi, it's Carmen here from Wollongong, Australia. You're listening to the world's best in excess podcast, in excess access always, and now it's time for the news. All right, news of the week. We're a little bit chunky this week. We've got a fair bit of news, B. Now, I'm, you and I are both excited. I think a day after sort of uh, last week's episode, the charts in Australia came out. Now, yeah. we are proudest punch that we're seeing this greatest hit album have an absolute resurgence it's yeah. gone from 34 the week or well, last week up to number 21 so it's Woo-hoo! gone up 
13 so spots in, in the charts in the last week. spots. It's brilliant. Well, that's Thank a, that, you, everybody. I know you're all listening and, and buying them. <laughs> and in the 80s, we had a sort of an expression in Australia on a show called Countdown. It's sort of gone up with the bullet. It was a chart buster where it showed the most significant jump in a week. So... Um, look, geez, what if we could get people power behind us and get it up to number one again? That'd be great. So, um, <laughs> so that's pretty good news. Um, uh, unfortunately, in America, though, uh, Need You Tonight, part two, Dua Lipa, rip off, plagiarism, royalties to the band song, uh, has gone from 20 to 25. So it looks like it's going to be going south uh, permanently. It's a five dip drop. Mm. But who knows? It could turn around. Yeah, um, Christmas is coming up. Yeah. Uh, mm. Also, too, there's a couple of EPs being released. One tomorrow, which is Andrew. I'm excited about EP. this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we've just had, I guess, a couple of days ago, Andrew's uh, EP, uh, All the Stars Are Mine and all the particular tracks within. I think it's a five-track EP that just got released mm. on October 2nd. So hopefully you've done yourself a favour uh, in the last couple of days or do yourself a favour as a famous person in Australia said. You're a bit more over on their sort of uh, happenings at the moment. Like, uh, mm. I almost put you down as a, a, an Ash and Moon groupie. Okay. Mm. You're <laughs> texting and email and on all the bloody blogs and things. Uh, but they've got an EP that's sort of coming out as well. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, which uh, I guess is great for Gary, who, those who don't know, Gary, Gary Beers is, I guess, uh, the principal person behind that, along with Toby Rand. So they've got an EP coming out. Yep. Also, too, uh, last weekend, B, collectively, well, we both alerted ourselves, but the kick experience played at Daryl's house, uh, which is that sort of venue for Daryl yeah. Hall. And uh, it just was coincidence. I must have had an alert on my phone. I suddenly turned it on and I was listening and watching and whatever yeah. there, which is really cool. And Daryl Hall yeah. from Hall the Notes has a sort of a, a venue in upstate New York. The bands come in and play. It's called Daryl's House and the NXS Kicks Experience were playing and had a really great set there. Uh, they played songs as varied as Girl on Fire. They played songs um, like Not Enough Time. They had a sort of real mixture of things that sort of came out and uh, there were a lot of people listening to that that listened to our podcast and there were probably some people out there hadn't heard of us. So we did sort of plug our podcast profusely. B, you probably saw my little you know, promotionals. Hey, if you like this type of music, come check us out. So we hope to get a few new uh, invitees coming on to we our have. podcast. We have, yeah. Because it was a uh, huge amount. Yeah, a lot of people watching this week. Yeah, mm. a lot of people watching it live, um, etc. There as well, uh, which is good. So, well, uh, actually, I, there was only thirty people in the audience. Well, I guess it's COVID, COVID and things like that, so it was a mm. real sort of you know more of a virtual experience. But I think you can still listen and watch it and things as well. So, um, yeah. don't know if they've got the same vocal sort of similarities as as uh, you know the don't change stuff, but. Um, it's my first time seeing them. So I, I know obviously they're doing What did you think that, then? Look, one of the things which cover bands do, which are really cool, is that they often dive deep into a lot of varied tracks. Like if NXS were playing today, they probably wouldn't have played the most versatile set that yeah. a cover band plays. So I've always found cover bands in that one way, if there's only one thing they do better than the main act, is they can sometimes dive deep into some of the other songs that, that mm-hmm. have been played. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, sorry, some of the deeper tracks and things. But um yeah, no, they were very, really good. Um, there was sort of a cast of thousands sort of there. I didn't really quite know who was who and whatever. But uh, the sound was good. Um, energy was good. They had some competitions and there were some people sort of engaged with it. And we'd love to sort of maybe, you know, tap into some of those fans of the band uh, that join us on the podcast because I guess if you are still coveting a cover band, um, this is what our podcast is aimed to do is keep the memory of the band alive and, you know, as we say, get the recognition they deserve. Mm, yeah, no, they're, they're really good. We just want to give a shout out to the singer um, who is Corey yep. and the um, and the guitarist Jason. Yep. And they have actually said that they'd like to come onto the show at some yeah, point. So, yeah, well, that yeah, might be something we can tap into as well yeah. because, 
you know, we're here about rewarding, acknowledging, keeping NXS's uh, legacy alive. Not that, you know, the song, I mean, the songs do that worldwide, but, um, you know, we're going to get this band in the hall, Rock Hall of Fame. So the more ground support and the more viral sort of support around the world for, for people power, that's what actually makes a difference for the nominating committees uh, for the Hall of Fame. Also, a couple other little things just uh, to mention. We unfortunately had a passing last week in Australia, and it actually happened at the time of recording the podcast, and has a bit of an excess link. Um, a famous international cricketer called Dean Jones unfortunately had a heart attack in, in Mumbai last week in India, and he was sort of a real swashbuckling cricketer. For those in America, cricket's our version of baseball. Um, it's probably a number two sport here. And he was a, a real sort of champion, and he was from my home state here in Victoria and from Melbourne. So it was a bit of a shock and a sadness to, to, to actually lose him. Uh, for those who don't know, though, uh, Dean himself ran an events management company, and he was the guy that actually got In Excess back together after Michael passed. So what people don't realise is in 1999, uh, we had a stadium open up in Sydney called Stadium Australia. And that was the the precinct where the Olympic Games were going to be held the next year. Hmm. So there was a World FIFA All-Stars soccer game versus our Socceroos uh, soccer team. Yes. Dean was involved with the management committee that that, uh, sort of got in excess to come back and play together. So he mortgaged his house and did a whole lot of stuff to get that concert and that event and that soccer thing up and running. And uh, the band nearly pulled out at the last minute. They weren't sure to play. Uh, That's when they got Terence Trent Darby to come in and do guest vocals. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did fly from Perth myself (laughs) uh, at the time with a couple of mates up to Sydney to watch that. And I was actually at that sort of uh, four song event and then watched the soccer but, uh, yeah, Dean was quite intrinsic with his events management company, getting the band together, encouraging them, say, come on, do it. You know, yeah. Australia would love to see you. And um, I know that if you think about what happened thereafter, they got John Stevens, and next thing you know, they were doing stuff with JD, and they were oh, touring. So and they got it all off again. Yeah, it was a domino effect. So, oh. you know, Dean was a, a great Australian, a even better Victorian, a great cricketer, and uh, mm. passed away way too early. So I want to sort of say um, again. ballet mm-hmm. to Dean Jones. Hey. This is Tim Farris, and you're listening to Access All Areas with Hayden and B. <laughs> and now for topic of the week. All veils and misty, streets are blue. Almond looks that chill divine. Some silken moment goes on forever, and we're leaving broken hearts behind. You mystify, mystify me, mystify, mystify me. All right, we're getting into topic of the week and it is the chronology of uh, around 1986-87 we're up to and this is a really pivotal time where In Excess was, uh, I guess, spearheading what we called the Australian Made Concert Series and uh, for those overseas who have a bit of a fan of Australian bands and artists and things like that, you know, In Excess were real, you know, chaperones of, of, of really investing and helping young talent sort of come through and you know, around about this era uh, was a really important time, not only for the band, but these particular artists. And, um, you know, for those who, who were, uh, again, part of this podcast series, um, you know, NXS were going on around, you know, 12 months, probably roughly after Australia Made, where Kick got released. So I think uh, having gone back and watched this particular DVD and video of the concert and a few different things, um, it was a really sort of confident time where the band were on that sort of, precipice of, of, of uh, really taking the next step. I thought just to start things off, you know, we can provide a little bit of a context just about uh, the time in the era. The concert series generally went, I think, around Boxing Day 1986 through to around about Australia Day 1987. So it was around six, seven concerts in the major sort of cities in Australia. There was a select group of bands that we uh, will sort of share with you, an artist, in a moment. Um, we're effectively supporting, not so much in excess, but supporting the whole movement. And the backdrop of the reason it was called Australian Made was, if you can think back to this particular time or, you know, you have family who can share with you, 
Um, there was a lot of worldwide massive bands and a lot of massive tours going around that mid eighties period. And, uh, I know here in Australia, as a, as a kid at high school, uh, a band called Dire Straits had sold out our tennis centre uh, about 20-something times that held about 18,000 people. So uh, that's just in one city. So there was a lot of bands coming into Australia, a lot of international artists, um, a lot of solo singers and things. And I guess for the Australian sort of music industry, um, a lot of the managers of Australian bands and artists uh, and in excess principally, I uh, thought, well, why can't we sort of support our local musicians and really invest in that? And Australian people will come along and, and support Australian talent. And in excess had just come off, uh, I guess, uh, a top five in America with what you need. And that, I think, propelled them uh, internationally, uh, but gave them the sort of the, the gravitas to, uh, I guess, spearhead uh, a concert like this because they were just our number one band and they could probably sell out a tour by themselves. But when you add in all these ensemble artists that had fan bases, you could then set up festivals and set up massive venues. And um, it really was probably a, a precursor to the big day out. Um, off, and some of the guys who were involved in this particular setup who were involved in promotionals and tours and band management actually went on to set up the big day out. So, yeah, that was a sort of a little bit of a sort of a, a, a backdrop of things. I know for you, B, you've actually watched this uh, video or DVD of the concert, haven't you? Um, when did you first see that? Was it something a few years back or in the last few years? Um, I know it was replayed on ABC TV recently. Um, what's your understanding or backdrop of this concert series? Yeah, so I only only got to see it probably a couple of years ago, to tell you the truth. Yep. And the first bit that I saw was... Um, them limbering up in the uh, in the back room, in mm. their uh, and, and trying on different clothes, and Michael put, having the bandaya Nana put on, and uh, him uh, making himself a drink and stuff. We'll have to put that video on. It's a really good clip, and they're all dressed in the white. So that was my first introduction, and uh, Michael and uh, John limbering up on the floor. Giving each other stretches, back stretches. Yeah. 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 But uh, they were all dressed yeah. in white, weren't they? I think mm. that was the same. I mean, they all sort of came out in sort of these sort of white pants and jackets and things and, mm. and things like that. Rather so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably venturing into aesthetically pleasing mode for B. Uh, yes, it was. <laughs> uh, et cetera, there. But, and a um, few other young ladies, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Now, just to, sh- to share with some listeners and things like that, the particular uh, concerts, et cetera, there. Uh, I think start off in Hobart on uh, Boxing Day, which is mm. December 26th. New Year's Day, uh, well, actually, uh, Boxing Day 20, the 26th of December was in Hobart, Tasmania. Uh, a few days later, they went to Adelaide on New Year's Day. Melbourne, which is notoriously known for poor weather uh, or fluctual weather, <laughs> uh, had to be rescheduled from, I think, the 3rd of January to the 4th of January. Otherwise, uh, it just was going to be a no-go. Uh, they then went to Perth uh, for the 10th of January over there. Uh, they then went to, uh, and they, yeah, they played at Subiaco Oval there. Then they went to Brisbane uh, on the 17th of January. And then they finished off in Sydney on uh, Australia Day. And uh, I know there's some great footage of, uh, of Michael and, and uh, Chrissy Ampler from the, the Vinyls. And Michael's talking about how he had his birthday the other day. And um, there's some really great extra footage and features on the DVD, and I think it is uh, purchasable uh, from all the normal sort of platforms and things. But um, to give a bit of a backdrop of those who were there and just their significance, you know, on Australian music and what they did overseas, uh, one of the main support bands was a band called The Models. Now, a little bit of a backdrop. We had a song from The Models uh, singer, uh, Sean Kelly, a couple of weeks ago, which was the mm-hmm. Shine Like It Does uh, tribute song at the end. Uh, the models had success in America with the song called Out of, Out of Mind, Out of Sight. They went top 40 there. Uh, and uh, they also had a couple other sort of uh, songs that sort of went in the top 100. So they were managed by Chris Murphy as well. Um, there was a band also there called The Triffids. Now, The Triffids weren't that popular in Australia, but they'd actually gone top 40 in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had a couple of big songs over there uh, called Wide Open Road and uh, Bury Me Deep in uh, Your Love. Um, And they were a band that uh, they weren't that popular here, but Michael was very insistent that they join the bill. And I know they were very appreciative of sort of being sort of welcome in because back in those days, sometimes artists could go to Europe and have a bigger following there on the alternate circuit than they were back home. So it was almost in a way that that band was sort of uh, uh, popular overseas first and then secondary in Australia. 
Mm. Um, there was another band there called The Saints. Now, The Saints probably mm. are, uh, are well known for a couple of things. Uh, this is again 1986, 87, but about mm. 10 years earlier, they probably wrote what was deemed to be one of the first punk songs called I'm Stranded. And they were a Brisbane band. Yeah. Had another song called Know Your Product, which was significant, but they've been sort of touted and, and influenced bands like Nirvana and Green Day and Pearl Jam and a lot of that grunge movement uh, and punk movement that went on uh, by sort of being cited in that particular way. Um, Bruce, Bing- Bruce Springsteen also did a cover of their song on one of his last albums called uh, Just Like Firewood. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, very significant band. And I know the lead singer, Chris Bailey from them was very good friends with yeah. Michael and yeah. um, those guys sort of go way back. Uh, another band on the bill was called The Divinals. Now, The Divinals were a really big band in Australia, had a lot of hits. Uh, they're more known overseas as sort of being one hit wonders overseas uh, for the song I Touch Myself, yeah. um, which went number four in America and was nominated for uh, Music Video of the Year uh, at the MTV Awards. Uh, but they're more significant band than that song. Mm. Um, so uh, they were, uh, uh, I mean, she was getting around uh, Chrissy there and sort of, she's almost like the female equivalent of Angus Young from ACDC. She wore the school uniform yeah. live on stage. And uh, she, yeah, she was probably one of the first rock chicks out there to really sort of put it out there in what was a very male-dominated sort of uh, yeah. music scene in that era. Mm-hmm. A lot of misogyny around then. So, yeah, Chrissy mm-hmm. Amphlin, you know, she unfortunately passed away a few years back, but... Uh, she has a, a laneway named after her here in Melbourne as well. Um, so she's a, it was a significant uh, contributor. And there's a little bit of um, footage as well of uh, Michael and Chrissy together being interviewed yes. for the Australia Mate as well. So. Yeah, well, I just mentioned about his birthday. She was like, yeah. oh, it's his birthday. And he's sort of chatting, like, yeah, it was a birthday the other day. Two yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so absolutely. Um also, too, there's a band called I'm Talking, which was uh, more of a pop band, but uh, it was fronted by a lady called Kate Sobrano, who's probably gone on to be probably mm. the top three female vocalists in Australia in terms of her career since. Yeah, um, she's a cutie. Yeah, and she, um, she's, she's, she's sort of got the voice, you know, and been on lots of different sort of pr- mm. you know, productions and bands and solo work and things like that. Um, yeah, uh, this lady. Yeah, Jimmy Barnes, uh, who, uh, as we know, uh, got involved with the song Good Times with, with uh, In Excess, that went number 47 in America, was on the Lost Boys soundtrack, mm-hmm. uh, and also went top 20 in the UK four years later, B, after the song was released in Australia and America. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it went out on DVD directly in the UK, and I don't know if it was released sort of in a cinema, cinema experience, but the movie had a four-year delay. But, you know, the, the song and everything went huge in, uh, in England around the time because In Excess were around the X Factor tour and they were sort of, everything was charting for them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and Jimmy, interestingly, on that particular band, just as a side note, some of the band members in that uh, band who were playing with him were sort of uh, ex or sort of pseudo-current members of the band uh, Journey from the, the US. So songs like Don't Stop Believing and all that stuff, <laughs> they had some touring guys who co-wrote songs and uh, were his support band. Um, and the last band I think I can mention was Mental As Anything. Uh, cool name for a band. Uh, they were a bit quirky and crazy. Um, they actually, up until In Excess came along, had the most top 40 hits in Australia of any Australian band. So they got a lot, lot of sort of material and things. Um, probably most famous for their song Live It Up, which yeah. was on the Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee uh, soundtrack. Uh, and I think we're number two in the UK upon release. Uh, and they were on this particular tour as well. Um, unfortunately, they're not in the video. And folklore has it that there was uh, some punch-ups backstage and some issues between Chris Murphy and their manager. Really? Uh, yeah. So when it came to putting the DVD and everything out, they were unceremoniously <laughs> cut. Yes, yes. So uh, I know the tour ended a bit of acrimony, and I think their manager was a guy called Jeremy uh, uh, Fibbiani. Uh, they were arguing and coming to blows. I think at the Sydney sort of at the end of the sort of the tour and things. Um, so a lot of the footage when it sort of got released by you know wonderful Richard Lowenstein, Richard, the, yes, the, the guy who we all know's uh, contribution. But yeah, he directed sort of the whole sort of uh, concert series. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Mental's anything got sort of edited out. So. A little bit of sour grapes. I don't know what and how and who and what was the reason, but uh, you know, you know, mm. you can imagine uh, 
uh, some of those things uh, occur. Um, between into band things, um, I don't think it was sort of band related. I think it was management related. So, hmm. uh, but yeah, just as a sort of a backdrop there, you know, we, I think there was a sort of a, a bunch of, uh, of these artists that sort of built up. I think Jimmy Barnes probably would have come on just before In Excess. Yeah. There's a bit of a hierarchy, you know, how, how well established are you? What's, what's your you're standing within Australian music and uh, in excess with the headliners. I reckon Jimmy Barnes, I think from memory was the second from the top, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the models and mentals, anything thereafter. And then it sort of worked down the food chain. Um, but uh, I know with this particular, you know, concert series has been sort of released on a DVD format a few years ago. Um, we would urge people to go pick it up. Yeah. Um, uh, in terms of when I watch it, one of the things that uh, is interesting with this particular sort of concert series and things is it was the first time that the song Mystify had ever been uh, mm. played live. Yes. So if everybody thinks back to the dates of this, around end of 86, early 87, it was probably one of the first kick songs that was uh, uh, written. And they sort of road tested it. And you don't see that these days, but a lot of bands would road test material in songs. Uh, to see if it connects and go, yeah, well, people like that one. We'll um, we'll put that on the album. Mm-hmm. So you do see, if you ever want to see, see the song Mystify live and Andrew, uh, sorry, um, the band in, in all in white and then I think Michael at that stage has uh, got the white pants and no shirt on B. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're looking a, bit, looking a bit hot there. Okay. <laughs> I wonder when you talk about topless Michael. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that, that version of, of, of Mystify is, is something that... Um, uh, you know, I guess played live is the first incarnation of that. So, uh, which was which is pretty cool. And as I said, you know, when you know they, you know, from the from the a set list point of view, they don't play a huge amount of songs in the set list because, I guess, over the day and the amount of uh, band members that are sort of sorry, the amount of bands and artists that are playing, um, it probably you know from the whole day's point of view, you might be looking at a sort of six, seven hour, eight hour experience. So. When Inexcess came on, generally over the course of the five, six venues, they, they played about seven songs, which I guess in hindsight for me, I thought, oh, that's a little bit low or whatever there. But I guess when you add up each band, each each, mm. each soloist and then the time and everything there, um, maybe that was just sort of the time constraints that, that yeah. lent itself to that. Um, but I'm just looking at a set list here, for example. If I look back at, say, uh, the Subiaco Perth concert, they opened up with Shine Like It Does, they played Just Keep Walking, then Listen Like Thieves, Original Sin, Burn For You, Don't Change, and then Good Times. Mm. Now, the version of Good Times that they play with uh, obviously having Jimmy on tour yeah. uh, also uh, included generally a bit of a finale where all artists came out on stage. Mm. Have you seen that part, B, mm. where they do that and things? Yeah. Yeah, so it's about a 10-minute sort of romp where everybody's getting out there and sort of playing, you know. Having a bloody good song. time. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So that was sort of like a finale song. Um, I know in Melbourne that's where, you know, Mystified got played, but they opened up that song, B, with Mel- <laughs> that that particular concert with Melting in the Sun, which is ironic because it got rained out the day before. <laughs> so I think that was their sense of irony. <laughs> you know, they played Mystified, The Love One, Don't Change, Burn For You, What You Need, Good Times. Uh, so it was very heavily weighted towards probably, you know, the, the Swing album and uh, Listen Like Thieves. And yeah. which particular concert was it that there was 300 people that were, were hit with sunstroke or something I read? I don't know, but I think looking at knowing the weather around that time, I think Perth was scorching hot and I think <sighs> Sydney probably as well. Just by just on knowing so those particular you know you know climate concert hey yeah yeah mm. um, I, I uh, but I look I think looking at the footage there it really is a bit of a sort of <laughs> you know I look back in time at Australiana mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because when you go back and sort of look at that I remember they were interviewing fans coming on in and it really is a bit of a sort of a, a yes. time capsule yeah. Um, some of the, the sponsorships there, you can see cigarette sponsorship and beer sponsorships and things, and you can see people bringing in eskies. And, you know, it was yeah. a bit of a sort of a, 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 a charming sort of time where, you know, but these big festivals, there wasn't a lot of rules and regulations yeah. and people yeah. coming in and um, they're all pretty excited to come in and sort of, you know, see the band and, and, yeah. uh, and look, you know, there were people there to see other types of bands and things as well uh, that were playing. But, uh, yeah, it was this sort of incarnation, I guess, of those sort of big concert tours and series and things like that that honed everyone together. And now you're listening to In Access, Access to All Areas. Now, 
As I said earlier, from this particular time, if I take a little bit of a step sort of forward there, let's just fast forward a little bit over the next sort of 12 months, 18 months and two years. Well, um, in excess, you know, eight months later, release kick um, and then they're well changed. Uh, you know, the, you know, Jimmy Barnes probably was right at that starting point of his solo career and probably has gone on to be the greatest solo artist in Australia in terms of album sales, along with John Farnham. Uh, the models uh, literally had uh, out of mine, out of sight, hit top 40, as I said earlier. Um, and it was really impetus to the Divinals, you know, to them mm. going into recording overseas and then getting their hits and stuff like that. So yeah. I think that... Um, uh, the brethren and brotherhood, so to speak, of artists all sort of combining together was also a reminder to, I think, as a country and as a, and as a sort of yeah. a, a zeitgeist that, you know, we are a big band, you know, all right, guys straights can come here and they can mm-hmm. come in and sort of take, you know, 10, 20, 40 million out of the country. But, you know, let's invest in our local artists. People will turn up, um, you know, let's turn around and give them their sort of kudos. And one of the interesting things about it is that, nearly every particular person who played on that concert uh, set up there were later to go on and be inducted into the Australian Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the Saints and In Excess were inducted in 2001. Same year, ironically, you know, the Divinals got inducted in 2006, the Triffids 2008, Mental's Ending 2009, the mm-hmm. Models 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a as a sort of result of that, you know, it's funny these are, these are the the gestations and the sort of the planting of seeds that sometimes bands probably and artists together they just get confidence and you know some of these bands might not have ever played in front of two thousand people. Next thing you know, they're up in front of twenty five thousand. Yes. Uh, you know, when you nail that, you know, it must give you as an artist a tremendous amount of confidence. Be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very supportive. Really, really, really good. Have you ever read the story to story? I did. Yeah, yeah. When it, it came out. Yep. Yeah, and um, there's a, a well. It's quite a few um, chapters of um, of when they did Australia made and being on the tour bus and on being on the planes and uh, being in the pubs afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think a few people might have missed the tour bus at some point. Probably. Probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> Now, you know, one of the things which I'd like to talk a little bit about and sort of not slightly detailed, but just sort of a bit of a subset of this is the song Good Times. Now, mm. tell me a bit about your memory or do you have a sort of a, any sort of memory curve on this song uh, which was recorded? Literally, they recorded Good Times and the video, which no, wasn't, you know, Schindler's List, you know, by any stretch, you know, in terms of filming. Yes, but, but it's my favourite. It is. You <laughs> did mention this on our video one. <laughs> your memory of this song and the video and things like that be just to remind listeners because it went to number two in Australia straight away like because it was such a, a song that they wanted to sort of unite the tour around uh what's what's the memory for you with this because uh, I know you mentioned on one of our podcasts but many other listeners may not have heard it yeah well I don't remember it when it was released at all so oh. it, it went past me I think being in UK we didn't get to hear about this concert mm. Because it wouldn't have been played, or it did, but it was probably on Channel 4 at some point um, like really late and we didn't get to see it. So I didn't know much about this song until quite a few years later. And it's a really good song. I've actually got it on as a 45. Yeah, yeah, I I, I like playing it, actually. I can't even remember what's Now, your favourite, during this film clip, when this was filmed, he went fishing, is that right? Who went fishing? Tim. (laughs) <laughs> Did you know that? Yes, of course I knew. <laughs> so I think it had yeah. his name down there, Absent Gone Fishing. Gone Fishing, yeah, <laughs> typical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. wonder if we caught anything. <laughs> so, yeah, so the song Good Times uh, actually is a cover song. So uh, mm. it was based upon uh, the Easy Beats. Now, the Easy Beats were a very famous Australian band that um, had the uh, founding, uh, well, the older brother of Angus and Malcolm Young, but... That was George Young who set up the Easy Beats and had their most famous song was Friday on Your Mind. That was a big hit worldwide, covered by Bowie, covered by McCartney, covered by everybody. Uh, so Good Times was the cover song. Um, probably sort of uh, summed up the mood of this particular nice, concert series. Yeah. Um, you know, when you, you know, we hope our listeners can download, go to YouTube, buy the, the DVD, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the finale of this, you see all the band members, all the artists, all the solo artists, all on stage, and it really is a bit of a party. And 
I think, you know, mateship is something in Australia that's really in our DNA and um, mateship, I think, is something that uh, in excess, you know, essentially we're, we're six band of brother members that were together and got them through tough times. And I know with COVID and things at the moment, often mateship and, you know, ringing people and being connected with people, et cetera, at the moment is, is more pressing than ever. And um, I think that uh, for the artists on this particular concert series, maybe not the managers backstage counting the money, but I think the artists themselves, you know, there's a real respect and, and, and connection and mm. really do love that sort of particular version of Good Times. It might be something we can post up on our um, platforms as well, just the video. Um, but, yeah, I think getting them all on stage at the end was was, was fantastic to sort of yes. unite everybody there. And um, I know a lot of concerts and things like that, when you get sort of guest artists come out, it's always a bit of a buzz for the audience, isn't it, when you see other people come out and share a vocal? Yeah, it's it's when you get to see all your different artists that you love being together as well. And yeah. you go, oh, they're mates. This is awesome. You just yeah. feel it more, don't you? Well, yeah, we'll have to get that. We'll have to. I know it's being posted around some of the other um, Facebook pages, but we'll get it onto ours. And, and I know a lot of people, we spoke a few times on our podcast series about the uh, concert for Freddie in, in the UK. And when you see Analytics come out and sing Under Pressure with David Bowie with Aww. Queen behind them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I saw that the other day again. I was like, wow, that's so good. And the mm. fans really embraced it, etc. there. So, um, you know, I think, you know, there's not a lot sort of further to talk, a little, you know, in terms of this particular sort of concert series other than to say, and we've said this before, when you actually uh, break down to the individual sort of artists and things, and we've said this on many occasions, listen to John on drums, listen to Kirk on the saxophone. Mm. What I'd like you to do is look at in excess through the lens of pre-international sort of stardom. Kick. <laughs> yeah. They've had, listen, like thieves, the momentum's there. They didn't wrestle on their laurels. They were touring, you know, they, uh-huh. you know, they were recording kick during this particular, you know, uh, concert series, you know, they got out and road tested Mr. Fi. They're on the verge of international sort of a juggernaut. Um, mm. See how young they are in their faces. Yeah. See the backstage antics. Um, um, yeah. See the songs that they play. Um, you know, really sort of dive deep into a time of sort of, I guess, uh, you know, pre-innocence, you know, uh, almost to the point, yeah. you know, uh, where, you know. And Michael was still with Michelle. Michelle was in the background there probably, as well. So, yeah, 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 no, she is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was just thinking when you were talking then, you know, in, in news we talk about the, um, the, 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 um, the music top 40 and 50. Yep. Good for you to have a look at the um, the music videos and see where this is going to be sitting in a couple of weeks' time. I'd love to see <laughs> everyone go out there and buy the um, Australian-made video. Well, Let's get that up for Christmas, well, guys. No, no, Come on. Knowing Pedro from Portugal, he'll probably just buy another copy just to contribute, you know, because yeah. uh, <laughs> um, he, he's the collector. He's, he's an import. I probably might be easier, Pedro, to save you some dollars if I can buy some stuff local for you and just put it in the mail uh, rather than all these <laughs> I think we should. Charges. So if, if you need someone <laughs> on the ground, I, I'm your man. Um, but um, what I'd like to do a little bit, a couple of weeks ago I mentioned a little bit about Australian music and some bands and some artists. And I think if you love In Excess, I think you will love their influence. And there are many artists around the world that I love, but there's often a, 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 a band above them that maybe influence them. So, you know, I actually like Oasis. You know, I, I like the antics between Noel and Liam you know, et cetera, over the journey. But, you know, Oasis are really a derivative band of the Beatles, okay, uh, et cetera there. Um, you know, if, you, if, the, if I think about, um, you know, bands uh, that like like U2, for example, which I really love, well, I think Coldplay have taken a bit of U2 in terms of their sound. So not totally their style, but you can see elements of it. Um, so often, you know, if there's a genre you like, often there's a, you know, sub-band within that. Um, what I wanted to do for some of our sort of listeners and things today is just for these bands on Australian Made um, is just just mention them again, but just a couple of songs that are awesome uh, that uh, you should go and do a deep dive on, deep dive on. Uh, and I might mention a couple of other Australian bands because Australian music is sort of, I guess, what the cornerstone of what this sort of concert series was about. But there's some bands that were on this yeah. tour with In Excess and there's been some bands in the last 15, 20 years that have been very uh, influenced by In Excess, maybe not always on their sound, but they've actually been influenced on their desire and their achievement to climb the mountain, um, you know, their commitment to playing live, their commitment to recording. Um, so influence has many, many disguises, okay? So 
initially with this particular sort of uh, tour, um, I'll start off with just sort of mentioning uh, the models. Now, I said out of, out of mind, out of sight earlier. Uh, they had another song uh, called Barbados around that time that I think you'll love. Uh, they had another song uh, called I Hear Motion and another song called Big On Love, Evolution uh, and Hold On. So, uh, again, with a podcast, you can rewind and go back and hear what I've said. But there's some songs that I would say that if you like in excess, you'll like those songs. The Triffids, mm. the two major songs I know are Wide Open Road, a very famous, beautiful landscape ethereal song uh, and Bury Me Deep in Your Love is uh, their two main songs that I'm probably familiar with. The Divinals, uh, Boys in Town uh, is a massive song for them here. Uh, Only Lonely, uh, The Good Die Young, Science Fiction. Pleasure and Pain. Pleasure and Pain. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) That's where we got our Pleasure and Pain intro one. Pleasure and Pain is probably their best. Yeah, probably their best (laughs) song lyrically and and chorus-wise and things like that. Absolutely, B. Thank you for that. Mm, Uh, The Saints, I think I mentioned their songs earlier. I won't do that again. Uh, Mental is anything. I mean, they've got tons of songs. Live It Up, uh, You're So Strong. Uh, There's a great song called The Nips Are Getting Bigger, uh, which is about nips of alcohol in your drinks. Um, uh, too many times uh, they have a great funny probably the funniest lyric I've ever heard if you leave me can I come too <laughs> um, they've got tons of stuff and really good stuff um, there's a song called Par- uh, Let's Go to Paradise oh Mr. Natural by uh, Mentals Anything they've got great stuff uh, what else is there uh, Jimmy Barnes Jimmy. yeah Working Class Man is probably his well known song yeah. No Second Prize. Um, plus, he's got a whole lot of song, songs with his original band, Cold Chisel, that, you know, get the gold, Cold Chisel greatest album. I think it's called Gold Chisel. I mean, 25 songs on there are just awesome. So, you know, there's a legacy deep dive for that. Um, Before you go on, can yeah. I just talk about Jimmy for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been watching Jimmy with his wife on Twitter and they've been releasing a song a day. Oh, have they? <laughs> have you? He's just fantastic. You're in his living room with Jimmy and he goes, here we go. And he comes forward and clicks on the video. And Jimmy's it's an interesting it's like one. a big I, family event. I had a period of time where I couldn't stand Jimmy Munson because he just yelled and screamed. But, you know, um, and maybe because oh, all the bogans at school liked him and whatever. So I was like, I don't like him. But going back as an adult and listening to it, like I can really appreciate a lot of the material he has um, through Cold yeah. Chisel and through his solo stuff. And he's fun. Jimmy's oh, fun. Oh, he's funny. Love yeah, you, yeah. Jimmy. Yeah, I met Jimmy's. Uh, um, I, I met Jimmy's brother the other day. Oh, oh, John Swan. Yeah, as you go, as, as you do. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was at work and you came to work, bee. and we. Uh, yeah, but I wasn't <laughs> expecting to meet Jimmy Barnes. You got met him before. Brother. He lives up that way, doesn't he? Is that right? I think so. Or he's passing through. He just thought yeah. I'll go and see B. Yeah. All <laughs> oh, right. Okay. okay. Um, but I, I saw a, a show on TV the other day with Jimmy Barnes playing golf with his wife, and it was a, it was a golf. Uh, TV show. I told you about their golfing. So, anyway, I digress. Uh, all right, uh, I'm talking. Um, Kate Sobrano. Mm. Uh, look, she's she's got tons of stuff there. I would just say yeah. download her greatest hits. Um, she has a song called uh, "Pash," as in kissing. <laughs> um, see right through. Uh, she did the Jesus Christ superstar uh, theatrical stuff. Um, you know, she'd have forty songs within her platforms there. Um, and last year or the, the year before her and John C Stevens did a Christmas thing and they sang an in excess song, didn't they? At, um, the, at the opera house outside the opera house. I didn't know. Did that. you see that? No, yeah. I didn't know. Oh yeah. I'll have to find some footage of that. That's lovely. Yeah. yeah. That made me cry a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so taking it a little bit step further, some artists who probably over the last number of years that have done fantastic here that probably didn't, you know, grow internationally is largely. Uh, there's a strain band called Powderfinger that, uh, you know, oh, if you're in excess of my 10 out of 10 band, I think Powderfinger are probably a 9.2. Um, yeah, they, uh, I mean, they've got a song called My Happiness uh, that is to die, to die for, um, Bless My Soul. Um, they've got uh, Pick You Up. Uh, they've got a song, uh, My Kind of Scene. Um, uh Tons of songs. They've Bernard, got, isn't it? Bernard, Bernard. Band, yeah. They've got two, yeah, no. two greatest hits albums, I think they've almost got out. Yeah. One called Footprints but and it, Fingerprints. 
keep going. And yep. even his um, solo stuff's really good as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, like again, you know, he's a guy that you know looked up to Hutchins. I know um, Powderfinger have done. Mm. I sent a message as a cover. Um, but Powderfinger probably the second best Australian band that I think I know. Um, yeah. Also, uh, we've talked a bit about John Stevens just before. John Stevens is in a band called Noiseworks that some people on this podcast mm. don't know much about. But Noiseworks had three studio albums and they were all killer. Um, John Stevens has an amazing uh, vocal uh, ability uh, and a lot of you do know him through playing with the Nixess. Uh, so mm. I guess uh, John himself... Uh, has been uh, really successful within Noiseworks. And they were around between 86 through to uh, 1991. So mm. they had, you know, obviously a lot of success. But with Noiseworks, they, I mean, their debut album had like six top 40 hits or something in Australia. The next one had four or five. The third one had three or four. Uh, some of their best songs are No Lies, um, uh, Take Me Back, uh, Touch, uh, freedom, uh, miles and reach miles, out. everyday people. Yeah, touch, reach out, touch somebody. I mean, uh, love somebody. Welcome to the world. I mean, you know, do a deep dive on John Stevens. You'll find some great stuff, and even some of his solo stuff uh, outside the album circle. Sorry, John, is all pretty good. Um, so, uh, can, look, can we yeah. do, can we do an episode on John one day? We Please. will. Yeah, we, we get, we, we've got a, we've got. I won't say the barren years. We're going to have to find some year 2000, 2004 material and John's going to help us a lot and I hope. Well, I have got a little bit of a crush on him, so it would be um, quite nice to have him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Self-indulgent. Well, well, look, you know, um, so, you know, fr- from an Australian point of view, there's another Australian band called Boom Crash Opera that uh, mm. had a, a great album called These Here Are Crazy Times. They had yes. songs, a couple of songs I could share with you, Dancing in the Storm. Uh, Axe Grinder, uh, Better Days in the Morning, uh, City Flat, uh, Great Wall. Uh, I mean, the, the, you know, you want great, I think with a lot of this stuff, we're talking great pop rock, three to four minute, good guitars, good vocals, good percussion, good hooks. Um, and that's what In Excess were. But these are bands that had, I guess, uh, an influence received by In Excess by virtue of being with them on tour and learning from them and hanging out and seeing what NXS did and climb the ladder. and um, But, you know, that particular sound, the, the, the rock music scene in Australia was, was, was massive then and it's not as big now. But, uh, you know, NXS themselves were influenced by other Australian bands like the Easy Beats we mentioned earlier and things like that, like the Loved Ones and mm. bands that sort of motivated them to get out and play the pubs and tours. So I guess today we're talking about Australian made in a way in terms of this, the concert series, but what our real theme today is really about Australian music that some of you maybe have just been neglected to listen to. And if, if you're not getting your, your dose of, uh, you know, of, of, of enough guitar type rock these days, go back and discover stuff that was made between 1980 and maybe 1999, 2000, and it still sounds fresh. You know, good music, you know, like the Beatles, you know, the song Something Comes on the Radio, I, I just got to listen to it. It's, it's perfection. It, it has no time attached to it. You know, now if Kajagoogoo come on the radio, B, with Too Shy, Shy, Hush, Hush, Eye to Eye, mm. hey, you know what? Hey, go to Lamal, but you know what? It ain't stacking up in 2020. <laughs> yeah, and don't forget Crowded House, mate. I didn't mention Crowded House. I mean, um, uh that, yeah, where do we start with him? I mean, Neil Finn. Amazing. Yeah, oh who was in Split God. Ends. I mean, we've got Weather With You, Don't Dream It's Over, mm. that, that hit number two in America in 87, uh, Something So Strong, um, uh, Weather With You, I don't know if I said that, uh, It's Only Natural, um, Mean To Me. I mean, so many great songs. And, you know, there's something to and be said. they're classics. It. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I think... What does make a classic song? We're going to probably do an episode really on what makes a great song, but I think if you mm-hmm. can play your instruments, you've got a, 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 a plethora of sounds, whether the sonics are, you know, between your nice drums and your guitar, your bass, your lead guitar, some saxophone, some brass, some great vocals, some strong lyrics, some great hooks, some great verse chorus structures. Um, a lot of these songs we're mentioning today, you know, just go. Put on two or three a day. Go back and do a deep dive. If you love In Excess and you're listening to this podcast, I think you'll really enjoy some of this material. And if some of it doesn't connect with you, mm. probably the next one will. Um, mm. But, you know, Australian Made was a was a, a pivotal period for Australian music. 
and it really set up a lot of people, you know, to believe that we were good enough. And I mentioned this a few weeks ago when we were doing the, um, you know, when we look back to in excess and their, their climb, you know, the 80s in Australia was a very significant time for our country. You know, we won the America's Cup. You know, Crocodile Dundee came out. You know, we won, one of our tennis players won Wimbledon. One of our golfers won the British Open. In excess, got a top five hit in America. Um, we were seen as, you know, there was no internet then. So people didn't understand what our country really was. Um, but this concert series, I think, influenced the, the bands of Australia and gave them the impetus to go global. It helped a whole series of other bands coming underneath in the 90s uh, step up. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I watched this, you know, to finish things, this sort of topic up, I, I watched this series, of, this concert series about three months ago and it made me, really, made me feel really proud. I wish I was there. I was probably a fraction too young to go and enjoy the exploits of a, of a festival. But uh, mm. it made me feel really proud that, you know, it was another thing NXS were part of that paved yep. the way for many others. Yeah, great concert. So get out there and buy it, everyone. Absolutely. Hi, it's Carmen here from Wollongong, Australia. Hi, this is Laurie from Chicago. This is Foxy from San Francisco. This is Felicia Marie from Carbondale. Hey everyone, this is Anne-Marie from Ohio, and that's a wrap. Wow. Oh my goodness. So that was number 22 gone already up for 23 next week. We're just getting started. So we're just getting it started. Is. It feels like that. <laughs> it's getting more and more exciting. So for next week, I'm going down to Sydney. Yep. I'm going to be seeing a few people. I'm going to be picking up a huge box of merch from somewhere very special. Yay. My the famous merch. Special you yeah, did say October, didn't you? I did. I did. I did. Our special guest next week is, I've spoke about him before, but I'm going to let you all know he's, he's very special to the band and to, the, and to um, In Excess Management, but it's Clemo. Now, Clemo um, was the guy that gave the keys over to Kirk and to Michael. Michael, he, he said, was um, a very spotty, shy teenager who became his amazing butterfly that's one of his words that he says in his book mm. and clem has got a book to um be um for everybody as well so let's um let's see for next week i'm very excited to meet clem well, i think yeah i think one of the things we're trying to do with the guests we've got on we, we're just trying to take you into the in excess world in terms of proximity in terms of anecdotes and in terms of experiences and just brought mm. knowledge so um i don't really know anything about this particular guy i'm going to be sort of you know, listening in with bated breath. So um, I know, you know, the proximity, as I said, he's had to all band members from the early days mm. to now, we might better get a sort yes. of bit of a, a, a voyeur look in on just, uh, you know, what, what everything was about yeah. and how things occurred. So I, I can't wait. Yeah. Well, if, if you enjoyed the Richard interviews, which I know a lot of you did, you're going yeah. to really enjoy these because for you and I, we don't even know what's coming, but this Clemo is um has got a lot of stories that yeah. nobody knows about. Cool. All right. Mm. So um I know uh, a couple of things just to sort of uh, mention as well. We are only probably then a couple of weeks away from commencing the Kick album double uh, episode mm-hmm. review. B. So after Clemo, we're probably going to head yes. into Kick World. So I just reckon that's going to be exciting. Yes. We're probably going to dedicate a, a, a whole episode to the album itself, you know, and really get into the, the recording, the production and the songs and talk about just the, the album. Uh, we'll probably also then have yes. the second week talk uh, just about the effect and, and the, you know, the, uh, the, the public response and just the absolute sort of rise to the sort of stratosphere that that album had for the band. So, you know, we can't, you know, give just an hour to kick on its own. We're going to do a sort of a double episode right. on it and, um, that'll be something I think a lot of uh, uh, eager fans who maybe only joined the Inexcess sort of, you know, bandwagon when that album came out, be it their age or the, you know, it was handed down from their parents or whatever, um, it may hopefully connect mm. with you how we go into it and talk about it um, when we're up for that, Pete. That's right. And I know Joe Robbins will be on the edge of the seat. She has got absolutely everything. Think everything. <laughs> yeah. She's got the bedspread. She's yeah. got the pillows. She's got all the albums from around the world. I'm, the more I think about it, you know, we might have to go to three episodes. <laughs> um, and even <laughs> if we have to, we have to. But 
you know, I mean, we might have to put it on as an episode on the artwork and the the the, the B sides and then the mm. dance versions and the reissues. I mean, we'll see how we go. Like, you know, we mm. we we there's no rush. We you know we we could probably uh, getting to four thousand episodes. We might better put a few more to help us get there. So anyway, um, also too, just uh, for for those who you know uh, are considering become a patron. Um, look, we, we would love to have your participation. As I said, you know, you're part of a club and part of a journey and part of a real movement. Um, uh, we're getting more and more people on board. Um, we're investing more and more, you know, into this particular podcast. Uh, the packs, the packs that you're sending out to people, B, just, you know, I don't know if you mentioned earlier, what's in those for some of those people who become patrons? What, do you want to explain that a bit better so people know? Yeah, we've got lots of um, lots of things. We've got a little letter from us too, which is great. Uh, nice yep. to, to um, be able to speak to people. Then we've got stickers and lanyards and there's another little special prize in there that I'm not going to say. <laughs> I'd like when you get them, perhaps you might want to show people um, what you get. But um, yeah, so to become a patron um, at the moment, you can only, come, uh, there's a button to become a patron. You'll see all the different rewards. Mm. Um, from bronze all the way up to platinum. Um, and so there's a little button that's on the Podbean um, app. Well, like I said earlier, I'm going to try and get one yeah. embedded um, and it'll be a PayPal account mm. for people instead of the Stripe account. And, and we want our, and we want our patrons, as you probably heard on today's and last week's podcast, introducing some of our topics and segments for the week. Uh, mm. We're probably due for another Zoom it's call. nice, isn't it? Yeah, we're due for another Zoom yes. call in a couple of weeks' time with some newer patrons um, where we get to have face-to-face time and you get to share your in-excess experiences globally mm. and, and the band will hear you. Mm. You know, the band listening to this, we know certain band members do and yeah. you get the uh, band to actually hear what they mean to you, which is which is significant. And again, yeah. we're on a pathway to getting become- band into the Rock Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, part of that journey. And this. There's a couple of patrons, and I'm so sorry that I haven't mentioned you, but I've only got your email. So um, like I've said at the beginning, if you become a patron, if you can let us know, either inbox me on Facebook or in, uh, or um, comment in the on the Podbean and uh, let us know your real name, please. Yeah. Or you can even email us as well. So we do have an email address, which um, I've never, I don't think I've ever told anybody. So it's in excess. AAA at gmail.com. How easy is that? Say it again. N-X-S-A-A-A gmail.com. Tribute song outro today. We're going to be doing Good Times, which is from the, uh, I guess, Australian Made Concert Series. Seems a very apt and appropriate song to go out on and, and it probably highlights the fact that down here in Australia, we do like to have a good time. Uh, COVID-19 at the moment, we can't really have many. However, we hope this podcast is giving you a good time, giving you a chance to have something to enjoy amidst uh, your own respective lockdowns in your own respective regions. In excess, uh, we're a thoughtful, motivating, inspiring, sometimes political band, but they also like to have a good time. They like to have fun and enjoy themselves. And I think you can see that through their personality, especially on stage. So this particular song, Good Times, is a bit of a tribute song to that concert series. But it is also a tribute to one other person who also I know loves to have a good time. Uh, I've never met a person as happy and enthusiastic as this person in my life. And she's my co-host because it is her birthday, I believe, as we release this podcast on the day. It's her birthday. She, Aww, uh, she, she's thank entering you. into her fourth decade <laughs> on the planet. Uh, is that right? Yeah? Embarrassing? <laughs> yes, yes. But it is, yes. it is her birthday. So this particular tribute song has a double meaning, uh, both acknowledging the actual tour but also acknowledging my co-host, which it's her birthday as well. So, uh, B, happy birthday from the whole In Excess Access All Areas community. It's a goodbye from me. And it's an in excessive happy birthday from me. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. We've got a few friends out here. Thank you, Andrew. Let's go good times. That's what we had, right? Show. Sure.